Hare Krishna. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Radical Chandi Srimad Bhagavatam class. It's Monday morning. I'd like to welcome Prajapati Prabhu here. And I'm so sorry, you've told me your name. How do you say it? Dasa Dasa Nadasa? I spell it in here. Madhu Das Da. Madhava. Oh, nice. Oh, it's a unique name. Unique name. What do your friends call you? I see. So nice. Well, thanks for coming this morning. Jai Radha Madhava Kumcha Bhakti Jai Radha Madhava Kumcha Bhakti Gopijana Vallabha Girivana Hare Gopijana Vallabha Wow, thank you. Girivana Hare Yasu Nandana Raja Janara Yasu Nandana Raja Janara Jamuna Tibra Havana Chaparhi Jamuna Tibra Havana Chaparhi Jai Radha Madhava so we are reading this morning from Srimad Bhagavatam. We're in the twelfth canto. We're finishing up the Bhagavatam now. And this particular chapter, uh, chapter number eleven. There's a d- description of the Mahapurusha, which is Krishna appearing in the form of the personality of Godhead. And um, we've been reading a little bit about the um, 
quadruple expansions coming from Lord Vishnu, Vasudev, Sankarshan, Pradumna, Nadiruddha. But I'll begin, we can chant together. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So I'm going to read here. Um, since we don't have it on the board, we can chant together. It's pretty simple. I'll read word by word. Vasudeva Sankarshana Pradumna Purusha Swayam Aniruddha Iti Brahman Morti Voho Vidyate so I'm just going to read the um, word, word for word. So you, I mean, I think everybody knows these, but um, Vasudev Sankarshan Pradumna. So that refers to Lord Vasudev Sankarshan and Pradumna. Do you remember who Pradumna is in Krishna's pastimes? Huh? Rukmini stuff? Yeah. Um, and then we have here Purusha. What does Purusha mean? Personality of Godhead is how it's translated here. Personality of Godhead, Purusha. And Swayam himself, yeah. Remember there's that famous verse about that religion can only be um, created by God himself. Remember that? Okay. Krishna, what is it? Is Swayam Bhagavan Krishna? Thank you very much. There it is. And uh, Aniruddha, of course. Is Aniruddha. Do you remember who Aniruddha, what his role was in Krishna? And who did he marry? Remember that drama? Aniruddha and Usha. Right? Usha was whose daughter? Remember, she was kept in this special palace and her friend was a yogini who traveled by mystic potency through the airways and entered into Dwarka and picked up Aniruddha in his bed and transported him back to the palace of who? There's your homework. <laughs> right? And there was a big fight. Pradumna fought. He pulled apart the bed. There was a bed made out of iron. He pulled it apart and used it as a weapon. And he killed off whose soldiers. Remember, there was a palace. Remember the friend. The friend. Not only was the friend a mystic yogini who could transport herself through the through the airways, but she also was an artist and she drew different pictures. She drew pictures, and then because because Usha, when she was she was dreaming of Aniruddha, and she was calling him my beloved. So when she awoken, when she awoken, her friend Chitraleka was her name. She um, 
you know, said, you know, you were calling out my beloved while you were sleeping and she became very shy. And then she said, I will help you. Who is this person that you love? And so she began drawing pictures. She was an expert at, what's that type of art called when you draw pictures of people? Caricatures? Right? Portrait art. And she drew the pictures of so many different great personalities. Krishna and Usha became very shy. But finally she drew the picture of Aniruddha. But her father was a big demon. He kept her inside this palace so she wouldn't get pregnant. And and uh, in the, there was like an inner palace where she was kept with her friends and everything. She had never even been seen by a man. And her the the uh, servants who were taking care of her saw that she was exhibiting signs of pregnancy after Aniruddha had been living with her for some time in this in this you know enchanted palace. This palace, right? So then. Um, Okay, I'll give you the guys the answer. It's Balmasura. Uh-huh. All right. Now, who else are we reading about this morning? What about, well, this is Brahman. The word Brahman refers to what? What? Spirit. But also here it's translated as O Brahmana. So sometimes we say, like, oh, best of the Brahmins, right? But Brahman refers to spirit. It refers to one of the fourth, four orders, right, of the Varnashram. What else does it refer to? The Brahma Jyoti. But here it's addressing, in this particular, if we look at the Sanskrit grammar, you'd understand what context it's being used in. But it's referring to the, a Brahman. So, O Brahmana, like you might say, oh, like Lord Chaitanya is addressed as, oh, the jewel among the Brahmanas. Do you know that name? Dwijamani. The name of Lord Chaitanya means the jewel among the Brahmanas. And then we have Shanaka. Who is Shanaka? Yes, Shanaka Rishi. Right? So, where is Shanaka in the Srimad Bhagavatam? Who is he? We have Sukadev Goswami, right? Who did Sukadev Goswami speak to? Maharaj Pariksha. And then we have another conversation, a second dialogue on the Bhagavatam that's also referred to. It's a kind of a sideline in the in the entire epic. Right? And who are those persons? To, and but one of the leader amongst them is Shanakarisha. Yeah. And then um and then we have here Murti Vyuha. Vyuha means what? Remember that word? Vyuha from the Mahabharata? Is this too loud, Bhaktisti? It's okay? Chatur Vyuha, right? So what does Vyuha mean? Chatur Vyuha, right? We're, we're talking about the Chatur Vyuha right now, the four quadruple expansion, right? From coming from, we have Krishna as the original personality of Godhead, then he expands as Lord Balaram, then Balaram expands as Sankarshan, and there's two forms of Sankarshan. There's the Mula Sankarshan, and then there's another one. 
Mula means the root, and then there's another Sankarshan. Prabhupada gives two different names. Mula, like we have that Mula mantra, means the root mantra. So there's a Mula Sankarshan, and then there's a second Sankarshan. And then from him comes the first uh, Chaturvyuha quadruple expansion of the Lord, and then the second quadruple expansion comes, and then we have the who comes after that? Mahavishnu. What what is Mahavishnu's position? What is his official title? Shridaksha Vishnu is also part of that group, and there's a third one. No, here uh, Madhava Prabhu just said that. Shiradakshai. So we have Karanadakshai or Mahavishnu. We have Shiradakshai Vishnu. Garvadakshai, thank you. And what are they what is their position? You know, like we have the name of the president and then we have the position president. So what's their position? He breathes out all the universes. How much time does that take? Yes, it's to explain in the Bhagavad Gita, 311 trillion, 420 billion years. When he exhales, and then when he inhales, it takes the same amount of time. So if we go back in with that inhalation, we're like in a, in a sleeping state for trillions of years. So you better you better like to sleep <laughs> if you're gonna go go back. No, no, no. But there's another thing I'm looking for here. So, um, what distinguishes Karanadakshai uh, breathing out the universes from Lord Shiva? Mentioned in the nectar of devotion. So you're saying that Vishnu is superior by your example. But this example you're giving is from Brahma Samhita. It's not from Nectar of Devotion. Prajapati Prabhu is such a Nectar of Devotion scholar, I'm surprised he's not throwing out the answer at me. So the difference is, when you read about the different qualities, Lord Vishnu has 64 divine qualities, or Lord Krishna has 64 divine qualities, right? We know that. Krishna has four unique qualities that even Lord Vishnu doesn't have. Do you guys remember what those four qualities are? Super excellent pastimes. Can you give an example of that? <laughs> You're sitting under Govardhan Hill right now. <laughs> yes, lifting Govardhan Hill. But even more than that, uh, Sanatana Goswami refers to Krishna's babyhood pastimes, like uh, stealing butter and stuff. You know, this is—they're so adorable, and yet, you know, he's the supreme Lord of all lords. So we don't see that in any of the other Vishnu forms. He's always appearing as God. We don't see these adorable pastimes amongst the demigods or amongst Vishnu. But yes, he has super excellent pastimes. What else? He plays his flute. Yeah, what does it say about Krishna's flute playing? He attracts the entire universe. What else? Lord Shiva is considered to be a fabulous um, musician, right? He plays that dim dim drum, and who was it? Remember, he he's known as Nataraj and the uh, the thousand armed um, Bamasura, right? He he played so many drums, and Shiva was dancing to that. But it's described that when Lord Shiva hears the flute playing of Krishna, it's so super excellent that he falls off his bull Nandishwar.
But we also have heard about Lord Shiva dancing in Lord Chaitanya's kirtan. And then also, you might remember this. You remember the book, Servant of the Servant, by Tamal Krishna Goswami? It's about 200 letters written um, to Tamal Krishna Goswami from, by Srila Prabhupada to him. So there's a devotee here right now. He, he's an editor for the BBT. His name's Tattvavit Prabhu. Tamal Krishna Goswami used to call him Tattvavit. He's an editor. He's, re, he's rewriting and editing the book right now. So we're going to have a new edition of it coming up. But if you look in the photograph, you're going to see, Tamal Krishna Umar showed me this, you're going to see an empty Vyasasan on the altar next to Sri Sri Radha London Ishwar when they first installed the deities. Have you guys seen that photo? There's a small Vyasasan. It's about maybe two feet wide, about two feet tall. It's right next to Radha Krishna on the altar in London. And Prabhupada had that Vyasasan put there because he said Lord Shiva was coming to the kirtans when they installed Sri Sri London Ishwar to see all the malechas and yavanas dancing and chanting. <laughs> so then you have, um, but what's unique in nectar devotion, so if you read about those different 64 qualities, right? So we've touched on two, the super excellent um, pastimes, flute playing, he has super excellent devotees. Like um, the example that's given is of Mother Yashoda when Krishna was taken from Vrindavan, Mother Yashoda cried day and night until she went blind. There's no example in the history of mankind of that type of motherly affection. And, um, and then we have the fourth quality that's unique to Krishna is his super excellent beauty. More beautiful to have two arms than four arms. Krishna is more attractive than Lord Vishnu, as far as his bodily features go. And even if you just say the presence, like um, Lord Vishnu, his form is emulating, it's um, exhibiting the Lord's quality of Aishvarya. So Aishvarya means majesty and power, right? And Krishna, his form is exhibiting Madhurya, sweetness. Their bodies are imbued specifically with these this characteristic. So you know, if you just took a simple example, like, let's just say one of these, like, high-powered, um, what do you call them? The guys that are paid to be soldiers and they go to, you know, different places and help. Mercenaries. Oh, yeah, mercenaries, you know. We were just watching a, a funny joke about a mercenary that had crossed over the uh, California border and hadn't realized And when the police pulled him over and they asked him if he had any guns in his car. And he was saying, isn't this America? So by the time he took out his 75 different pistols and rifles and machine guns and missile launchers and everything, and the cops said, sorry, you just crossed the California border, and he poured points to the sign, welcome to California, and they arrested him. Just a joke for those who might have a gun on them right now. But, um, yeah, so... Um, these just imagine a mercenary, you know, one of these guys. Really, my favorite mercenary on, uh, on uh, in the in the films uh, is uh, Michael Jai White. Have you ever seen that guy? Oh my God, he's a beast. He just kills like people, like you know, by the snap of his finger. <laughs> anyway, 
So you can imagine, right, this huge mercenary coming in. He's got his armor on. He's got his helmet on. You know, they now they have some really frightening helmets they wear, too. I don't know if you guys have seen it lately. But uh, they have these, like, missile-proof helmets that they wear and stuff. But they look like something from, uh, you know, a demoniac planet. And then they have, no, really. And uh, they have night vision and all these things. And then they have, so you imagine the mercenary, right? He's coming in here. He's got all this gear on. You know, he's got the, the combat boots with all the, the straps on it with the skulls on each strap and, you know, all that stuff. And then and he comes in here with his weapons, right? And he's, like, very, you know, serious. How will you feel? Very scared. Must be Memorial Day. Right? So you can... Oh, one of my friends just sent me this awesome painting of Nishringadev. Oh my God, it's like so frightening to see it. Wow. But anyway, um, yeah, so you know, you feel fear, you feel respect. Now, let's switch over and let's talk about like this adorable... Young, you know, uh, very uh, handsome and charming coward boy, right? With big eyes and the peacock feathers in his hair and he's wearing a garland and he's eating sweets. He's got a pet calf, you know, that, and he's making jokes with you, right? How would you feel then? Happy. <laughs> so what would you say you're more attracted to? Sweetness or power? Come on, in in general, in general, we're all attracted to sweetness. We'd rather be around somebody that we really love, that's really sweet, friendly, affectionate, you know, than somebody that's like, you know, obviously, you know, very, very, very powerful, you know, can make decisions that could alter our lives, you know, uh, immediately. Yes, Mother Nandini. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. That's the Vishnu form of the Lord. Krishna, right, Krishna, he kills the demons with a Vasudev or Vishnu forms. Yes, man. So anyway, let's go on here and read a little bit more. I try to capture you guys a little bit into this conversation here. So we're reading here the verses uh, Vasudev, Sankarsham, Paduna, and Aniruddha are the names of the direct personal expansions of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, O Brahmana Shanaka. One can conceive of the Supreme Personality of Godhead in terms of awakened consciousness, sleep, and deep sleep, which function respectively through external objects, the mind and material intelligence, and also in terms of the fourth transcendental level of consciousness, which is characterized by pure knowledge. So you guys remember that address uh, explanation from, I think it's from the Happening album. And Prabhupada explains, it's the best explanation I've ever heard of the chanting Hare Krishna, right? And he says, above the sensual, mental, and intellectual platform, right? Do you guys remember that, how Prophet says that? So beautiful an explanation. Do you remember it though? Can you say it like it's written? 
it's just exquisite the way it's done. It's so eloquent and it's so like interesting. It's captivating and it's intellectual and it's. It's amazing, actually. But here, you know, that's what's being described here. We have four basic states of consciousness. We have the sensual state. What's the sensual state referred to in Sanskrit? Can anyone know? Does anyone know? There's verses in the Bhagavad Gita that describe this. Well, we have, we know the, the, the working senses and the mental senses, right? The knowledge acquiring. We have working senses and we have intellectual, right? What, what, what do you call that? Knowledge acquiring senses? So we, they're called uh, karma indriyani and jnana indriyani, right? And then we have the mind, which is like the um, control. It's the, 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 the center of the senses, right? And what's the mind referred to as? Right? It's called, um, it's called, um, uh, it's, it's for, it's accepts and rejects things. What's that in Sanskrit? No, Vogatayash is renunciation and enjoyment. No, it's just something different. Um, anyway, you guys are following through this. So, so, but the sensual platform, very interesting, it's called Shishnavrata. Shishnavrata means when a person is conscious of their personal genitals. If you really want to know. And it's considered to be the most contracted form of consciousness that we can have. Consciousness is referred to as um, it can contract or it can, can expand. Just like, say, when you're watching television at night, right? So you turn off the picture and the picture, you know, it comes down to a small dot and then it disappears, right? And then you turn the television back on the next day, whatever you want to watch, the news. I heard Krishna's favorite program is the news. Did you guys hear that? Yeah, because uh, they say every time they make a news forecast, you know, weather forecast, Krishna changes it and he thinks that's so funny. So consciousness can contract or expand. So... The most restricted form of consciousness is when we're sensually conscious and that focuses around our sex desire. Right? Well, the Prabhupada was driving through San Francisco with my Guru Maharaj and some other devotees and Prabhupada said, simply sex life. And my Guru, simply sex life. And my Guru Maharaj was saying, where? He was looking around like, you know, and Prophet said, all of this, these buildings, these roads, all of us in these cars, everything that's going on right now is simply for sex life. But consciousness can expand beyond that. You know, like, even sensually, we can expand our consciousness, say, to our family members, you know, like taking care of our families, that's a good thing, right? And then we can expand to, say, community Conscious, right? What's the community um, logo right now? The community initiative? Yeah, the Lakewood Community Initiative is live locally. Spend your money here in Dallas. And then, you know, consciousness can expand on to the nation. Like right now we've got 20 women run it, running for presidency. One of them is a devotee. Yeah, she seems really nice. Have you guys listened to her at all? She came here to the temple a few times. She hangs out with the devotees once in a while. 
Consciousness can expand beyond, beyond that, say to the whole world, right? Like what's going on in the world right now? Some rioting going on in France, right? I just met a French actress and, uh, she was here, she was traveling through the world. She was teaching yoga at the um, Spanish Fork Temple and, um, she was planning to go back to France, but she wasn't looking forward to it because there's so much rioting going on. Political upheaval amongst the young people and people in general. You know? Seems the economy is really bad and so on and so forth. And, um, you know, uh, consciousness can expand. Well, or, you know, we can just get into growing pot. I went to a farm not too long ago in Oregon, 3,000 acres of uh, gold bug Colombian. They're using it for growing medication. I said, man, I t- asked the farmer, I said, don't you have any remorse doing this? So like, you know, all of our youth yet are going to be out getting stoned and killing each other in cars and stuff like that. He said, no, 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 most of this is for medicine. It'll actually cure their drug addiction. I, I said, come on, you got to admit, some of it's going to go for recreational use. He said, well, all the buds go for the recreational use. He wholesales it for $800 a pound. And so you can imagine what 3,000 acres of Colombian brings. You know, if anything, I mean, you know, the, the, our generation can be proud of that we've legalized marijuana in America. I mean, there, there is a lot of benefits to it, right? People are, when they smoke, I mean, wouldn't you say smoking pot's better than drinking, you know, getting drunk? Most people that smoke pot are pretty mellow, right? You don't see a, usually somebody that smokes pot gets violent. Drunks get violent. Drunks, it kind of like alters your personality. Worshippers of Lord Shiva will smoke marijuana. They do in India. Prophet condemned it though. Right? Prophet, the, some of the devotees, I heard there was a donut shop next to the temple in, uh, where was that? In San Francisco, in Haidashbury, right? Even today, my son was showing me some pictures of all, there's still like all these heads, I don't know what you want to call them today. Are they called hippies? Yippies? They don't really distinguish them. I mean, it's just just part of the general public. Anyway, there's, so there was part of the general public. They're still hanging out in Haidashbury. <laughs> you know, all partying down. They said, if you just walk down the street, I mean, you can get high. But the thing was, there was a donut shop next to the temple there. And Prabhupada, after the morning program, the devotees would go next door and, and drink coffee and eat donuts and smoke cigarettes or whatever, you know. And uh, Prabhupada said, it's not a donut shop, it's a do-not shop. <laughs> hey, you know, one of my friends sent me this amazing picture of Lord Jagannath with a bunch of group. Of the first devotees, I mean, they're just kids. You guys were just kids. <laughs> I shouldn't be saying that, but it, it's amazing to look at your photos. Like, God, man, it's like 16, 17, 15, 20-year-olds, you know. 
But you are beaming, and everybody's got these like big sikas, you know, and everybody, it's amazing, you know, they have this big deity of Lord Jagannath, and there's devotees in front of Jagannath, and there's a bunch of other devotees standing around, he's out in a park or something, in this little like wooden kind of altar type thing, and uh and the devotees are standing in front of Jagannath and like with their hands folded and they are just beaming and like everybody's around them. I mean, it's just like, oh my God, you guys look way happier than anybody who's high. And then, and then, um, right, wasn't there some saying like that? Stay high forever? Wasn't that part of the... Prophet spoke there, right? Isn't it? It's part of that Hare Krishna film. Did you guys watch that yet? That new film that Ayatubar Prabhu did, it went around the country a couple times. Uh, I got the DVD. If you guys want to watch it, I'll share it. I'll, I'll give it to you before you leave. You know, just pass it, just drop it in my mailbox or something when you're done with it. It's great. Oh my God, is it awesome? But um, yeah, so you know. The, the point that I was making, okay, I'll get back to it here. Lord Shiva, you know, we're talking about the 64 divine qualities of the Lord, and here we're talking about how to actually experience Krishna's presence in our lives. Well, one of the things I was going to say from the Nectar of Devotion is that each of us has a certain amount of qualities. The jiva, or like us, the living beings, we can manifest up to 50 qualities if we become pure devotees. Otherwise, what we're manifesting is really just um, a byproduct of the modes of material nature. You know? When we come in here and we see the deities, they're very beautiful. You guys like the outfit today? Red for Monday? Right? Prabhupada used that example that the moon is closer to the earth. I mean, the sun is closer to the earth than the moon. He said even in... uh, in uh, Western, right, what do you call it? Astrology? Sunday comes before Monday, so the sun's closer to the earth than the moon. First sun, then moon. But, uh, but uh, this, these qualities, so we can exhibit up to 50 qualities if we become pure devotees. What does it mean to be a pure devotee? Simply to try to do everything to please Krishna. Right? Prabhupada said, even if you, uh, you know, are an alcoholic, he said, if you just drink your beer or whatever, and just remember that Krishna is the flavor of the beer, right? What is that? Krishna, I am the taste of water. Yes, yeah, so, so if we just remember Krishna while we're drinking our beers, then... I used to sell for Shadam, you know, I had this trailer, my wife and I sometimes go and do these rock concerts and stuff, and we were over here at Fair Park, and there was somebody buying from us, and I had run out of the tea, so I said, no, 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 I'll give you a discount, we ran out of the tea, he said, doesn't matter, he said, I'm just going to take it home and eat it with a beer anyway.
Mixer devotion. <laughs> so we got, so, so we can do 50 qualities, but in a very minute degree, right? The demigods, like Lord Brahma, Lord Shiva, they can manifest up to 55 qualities, but to a much greater extent. For, like we see Lord Shiva, Lord Brahma, they're controlling, right, the different modes of nature. But beyond that, we have Lord Vishnu. So Lord Vishnu, he can manifest 60 qualities. So one of the additional five qualities that he has above Lord Shiva is from the pores of his skin, universes manifest, just like droplets of sweat come from our body. Lord Shiva can't do that. And, uh, and then Krishna has four more unique qualities which distinguish his special sweetness, which is all attractive. But we hear more about Lord Vishnu because if we don't understand Krishna's greatness, then we'll just take him as an ordinary person and think that his relationship with the gopis and so forth is just another sexual relationship and we'll all up, all end up just having more sex than we've ever had before. And, you know, the whole thing just goes back into material life. So we need to purify ourselves and by, by understanding Krishna's unique spiritual Qualities and dynamics. Otherwise, we'll just, what's the word Prabhupada uses? We'll see God in an anthropocentric way. That means we'll compare God to ourselves. Um, you know, another really great example. Hey, Bhaktisarach, good morning. Another really great example I heard from Srila Prabhupada, really, I hadn't heard before. Um, I've been listening to Prabhupada lectures like almost every day. I try to listen to a lecture. They are perfect for me. They're just like 20 minutes long. I, I can convince my mind to listen for 20 minutes. More than that, it's just a done deal. You know, it's like, what? One hour? <laughs> but 20 minutes, Prabhupada's got me, you know. And he throws a lot of real practical things and deep things and scientific things at you. really... It's a, it's amazing actually to listen to his lectures. And, um, so I was listening and Prabhupada was talking about the Big Bang Theory. I hadn't t- heard Prabhupada talk about it, you know, in detail. So Prabhupada was saying that something coming from an explosion, from a stone, from nothing, he said all of this is just nonsense. He said the Vedic uh, explanation is that God manifests a gigantic form, enters within the universe, and then from the pores of his body, he sweats out an entire ocean. He said, look at each one of us, just from the heat in our own bodies, we can sweat about one ounce of water each time we sweat. So just imagine it, God can manifest a gigantic form, and he can manifest the ocean, which according to what even Western science, they say that life originates from water. So Prabhupada said this example is much more, um, you know, practical and easy to understand than something coming from nothing or something coming from a chance explosion or something coming from a chunk of stone. And I really like that. Prabhupada's so common sense. It's so nice. So we're talking here about four levels of consciousness. Um you know, these levels of consciousness are also described on the spiritual platform. If you've read in Lord Chaitanya's pastimes, Lord Chaitanya is known to have manifested three levels of consciousness. He was fully externally conscious. He was partially internally conscious and externally conscious. And then he was fully internally conscious. 
So it's not that if somebody becomes spiritual in their life that they lose consciousness. There's a fallacy, there's a, there's a, a misconception like that, that spiritual life means that a person becomes unconscious. So, but as far as the sensual, uh, mental, intellectual platforms go, you know, just in basic. So, um, sensual platform means we're conscious of our senses. Material, uh, mental consciousness means we're accepting and rejecting things. We're men- mentally conscious, right? Intellectual means two plus two is four and all that stuff. And then spiritual, our spiritual consciousness is manifested when we Come to the platform of faith and love in God. So whatever helps us to manifest faith and love in God, it allows us to be ourselves for a change. The whole yoga system, the whole practice, like chanting of Hare Krishna is considered to be the most um, you know, sublime method for reviving our original consciousness because it allows us to free our consciousness from the dictations of the senses, free our consciousness from the dictations of the accepting and rejection of the mind and and the intellectual platform, and it allows us just to be ourselves, which we are naturally joyful, eternal, and full of knowledge. It doesn't require a, um, a separate endeavor So the simple example that's given is a fish out of water, right? If you give the fish a box of chocolates and new iPhone, big car, ranch, right? I got a friend, he's got a big ranch. So uh, one of my buddies went to visit him and he came back and he, I said, how was it? He said, well, he's got seven refrigerators. I mean, at a certain point, you know, material like uh, development or whatever you want to call it, economic, it becomes ridiculous. I mean, come on, you, can you imagine that? Come on, honey, let's go get another refrigerator. I don't like walking into the next room during the commercials. We need one right here next to the sofa. But dear, don't worry about it. Just put it on another card. Are these some of these guys? They've got so much money, they just don't know what to do with it, right? There was a Time magazine article about the top 100 people, wealthiest people in America. One of the families, right over here, the Hunt family, they have that replica of the original George Washington house. You probably ride by it every day on your bike, don't you, Steve? Looks like the White House. You know what the big pillars? Prabhupada walked in front of it with the devotees. Donadar Marsh was there. He told me, Donadar Marsh told me that Prabhupada asked, how would you preach to this man? And devotees were saying, well, we tell him about the temple, about the school and everything. And Prabhupada said, no, tell him he's a thief. <laughs> tell him he's a thief. Everything is the property of God and you are stealing from God. But you know, surprisingly, I mean, we laugh about it, but actually I was listening to a lecture of Prabhupada in India talking with one of these big industrial magnets, and that's Prabhupada was hammering him that you're a thief. I was so surprised. Prabhupada actually used that technique. 
You know, and I was like, oh my God, Prophet is hammering this guy about being a thief. And the guy cannot argue out of it. Yeah, it's beautiful. But, um, yeah, so the top 100 wealthiest families in America, their average bank interest. Now, we're not talking about the money they're making from their businesses or their, you know, uh, savings or their properties or whatever, you know, how they own 28. You know, they're the major stockholder of 28, you know, newspapers across America. None of that stuff. Just the bank interest on their savings averages $7.2 million per day. So just imagine if just one of them becomes a devotee, like uh, Ambarish Prabhu. <laughs> no, really, I mean, we should spend some time with these guys, you know? I mean, you got to get bored at a certain point. I can't imagine buying an eighth refrigerator, you know? I mean, you got, there's got to be something better to do with your life, you know, before you die, you know? I mean... Yeah, you guys, you know, just go down and ride. Well, Steve, stop your bike and walk up to the front door, you know, and just hand, hand the guy Bhagavad Gita, you know. For Christ's sake, you know what I mean? God. Hey, you know. See, there you go, you guys. His dad was a hipster. I mean, he, and all these rich guys used to love to hang out with him because he was cool. And all you guys are so cool. And the Bhagavad Gita is cool. We should be out there giving the Bhagavad Gita out because we're cool. People will love us for that. Come on, you got to admit, some of those guys and, and girls in Los Angeles, man, they are really cool. No, I'm just joking around. <laughs> Okay, so levels of consciousness, yes, we want that pure consciousness, that original joyful consciousness. The Supreme Personality of Godhead, Lord Hari, thus appears in four personal expansions, each exhibiting major limbs, minor limbs, weapons, and ornaments. Through these distinct features, the Lord maintains the four phases of existence. So, you know, that's another really deep point, you know, we could make to anybody. We could say, look, if you just look at the basic necessities of our existence. Right, Prajapati Bri, you were the one who got me into this uh, example from uh, Science of Self-Realization. Prabhupada uses this argument. You know, we have to admit, IBM is not creating the sunshine. You know, this air is not being produced by, you know, whatever, Xerox. Um, you know... <laughs> The wood, uh, you know, the wood we're using for our furniture, you know, the, the metal for our electronics, the simple ability to see, to speak, think, all of this is coming about by the arrangement of a higher transcendental power. It's maintaining us, it's, it's nurturing us, it's, uh, you know, controlling us. We have to admit, you know, scientifically, empirically, we are in contact with a higher power at every moment. It's a scientific fact. You know? Yeah. I went, you know, because uh, it's getting late now, it's 8.32, but I went with this uh, with this Holiness Gunagari Goswami, 
who passed away not too long ago in Vrindavan the, during a kirtan there. And, um, but I went with him to this meeting on creationism at the University of Texas in Austin. It's about 20, no, let's just say there were, I want to say 10 scientists up on a, on a small stage. And there were about maybe 200 people in the audience. It was on creationism. So the leading scientist, this, in these days, those days, you were still allowed to smoke in a public building. And this guy, I mean, he must have had like the world's largest ashtray, you know. I mean, it, I, I was starting to believe in flying saucers just looking at the size of his ashtray, man. It looked like a flying saucer on the table. But this guy, he must have smoked like two packets of, packages of cigarettes, you know, during this thing. Like, I mean, he, this guy could not stop smoking, you know, and so he was going on and on and on. So anyway... Finally, at the end of the whole thing, Gurnagrai Marge raises his hand up, you know, with the shaved head, orange robes, everything, you know, raises his hand, and he says, he said, Sir, I might not have done my homework. He said, but I have one question. Do you believe in God or not? And this guy, out of his mind, starts yelling, There is no God! There is no God! And the other scientists jump up and start calming him down. You know, we're sitting in like the third row, man. I, I can hear everything. And the guy, the scientist next to him, you know, uh, he's telling him, We do believe in an origin of, of everything. Let's call that God for the sake of this conference. That would have been a great one for you, Pajapati Prabhu. In the words of Gunagarai Maharaj, 90% of your spiritual life is just showing up. <laughs> so these four Vishnu expansions, they actually um, are controlling these different states of consciousness. And the more a person worships and meditates on Krishna, his holy name, the deity form, associating with the devotees, hearing from the Bhagavatam, the more we're actually able to perceive Krishna in everything that we do. There's um, there's a really nice saying, it's a very universal statement, um, that the more we try to see God's hands in the things that we do, the more we'll see God's hand in everything. Okay, guys, so I'm going to stop here. Thanks for having some fun with me this morning. Um, I got up to text number 24, which is a beautiful verse and uh, purport by Srila Vishnath Chakravati Thakur. So I'm going to end here. Ask if you've got any questions or comments. We have two great souls with us this morning here. It's a lot of experience in Krishna consciousness. It would be nice to hear something from you. No. Yeah, it's a, you know, it's just a matter, I think, of our perspectives. You know, like if I hold my finger up right, you see from one side, I see from the other side. If we can't benefit from one another, you know, there's, there's really not much to say about life. But how's everything been? What's the news? What's going on? Did you have to do you remember that, doing that play with him? 
He's talking about Maharaj Yudhisthira uh, finding his brothers unconscious and then Lord Yamaraj asks questions to him. And he said, what's the most... What's the, the, what is the most... <laughs> uh-huh. Do you remember what one of the questions is, what's the news? <laughs> oh man, I'm loving Yamaraj. You guys are helping me to overcome my fear of meeting him. See, all you got to do is remember, if you just take that Rolling Stones song, right, please allow me to introduce myself and just change it from Lucifer to Yamaraj, then I think you're, you'll, you'll, you'll be okay. <laughs> Anything else, gentlemen? That's a beautiful drama. You know, those dramas are really special. I saw, you know, in, um, you know who's like, uh, idolizing you guys is, um, David, David Prabhu is at, um, the temple in Phoenix. He's got his own drama troupe. He's got his big drama closet with all the costumes and everything. And he put up photographs like of you, Prajapati Prabhu, and you, Madhava Prabhu, and all these photos of you guys dressed up in these costumes. Man, you guys are awesome. Yeah, yeah, he's the one. He's, you know, he finished some kind of degree at the university, teaches at the university, something in, I don't know what it was, Sanskrit or something was telling me, but uh, he, he went to the scholarly side of things. Phoenix. Yeah, you should give him a call. He'd love to hear from you. Oh, you are? Oh, there you go. Nice. Oh, come on. So much cool stuff the devotees are sharing. Right now I'm into this uh, Chandan Yatra. The devotees are sending pictures of all the different deities from around the world and how they're dressing them with Chandan in different colors and painting. It's amazing. And another thing, I just joined a new group on Facebook. It's called The Cult of Nishringadev. Have you seen that? Oh my God, it's awesome! You know all these far out deities and the worship that they do, and paintings and all this cool stuff about Lord Nishringadev coming through the through the internet. It's better than watching television. <laughs> oh, but it just doesn't compare. Come on, you guys. Watching on a phone, you know, the other thing is I find it hurts my eyes. The radiation from the phone, God, it's just, you know, gruesome. I don't know, maybe you got to wear sunglasses or something. <laughs> they don't sell a radiation shield for their phones, you know, or, you, you know, it's just horrible, the amount of radiation. Yeah, but I mean, at a certain point, you know, it's just like... You know, like when you're watching things, you want to see emotions. It's just like once I, I was living in Beijing and there was that huge pro-democracy crackdown. About 30,000 college kids had gotten killed by the Chinese Communist Army. And I was there. So I climbed up in the Forbidden City in the palace because <clears throat> everybody was out on Tiananmen Square. And I started taking photographs of everything, you know. It was the, the the army had locked all the blocked all the roads and the thing. I mean, this would be an awesome movie, you guys. I mean, mind blowing movie. But but we were preaching out there, and we had about a hundred devotees out there. And anyway, so 
I took all these photos. And then when I got back to Hong Kong, I brought them to Time magazine. I thought, okay, you know, I'll get some money for these photos from Time, you know. So the uh, the uh, executive editor came in and talked to me because it was really hot news, you know, like uh, everything, you know, there was a lot of murdering and, you know, political backwash and, you know, I mean, I, I, want, I don't even want to labor your minds with everything. But, but the thing is, I showed him the photos and he took one look and he said, man, these photos look like you took them from an airplane. He said, people want to see emotions. He said, look, I'm going to give you a crash course on photography. Take your camera and jam it in their faces and then bring me the photos. You know, you just don't get the same emotion over a little, um, you know, phone screen and stuff. You know, it just doesn't have the same kind of emotional impact. <laughs> hey, Steve said that's the whole idea <laughs> to, to dissolve all of our emotions. Just make us, what, what do you want to call us here? What are you calling us? Zombies. Oh my God. Somebody sent me a, 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 a anime. I got a friend who's an animation artist and he sent this animation. It was just so frightening to watch it when you actually see it the way we live now. You know, when it's being dramatized in front of you. You know, you're there with your wife, you know, uh, it's the only day off. You've been working all week and everything, you know, and you're at a restaurant and she's looking at her phone and you're looking at your phone and your kids, you know, you go home. Like, they, you can write, let's go on a vacation at summer break. Oh, oh, okay. So they're all sitting in the car, you know, and they're driving along. You know, hey, look, there's Mount Everest. You know, uh, and the, the kid's on his iPhone, you know, looking on his iPhone. He looks up for a second. Oh, yeah. Okay, gentlemen, thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for coming in, those of you online. It's really a pleasure to have you listening. And Hare Krishna, glory is the Srila Prabhupada.